Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Guys, yes, worship team, thank you. I got to share just something with you briefly, and then we will pray and release you. But first, I have to say something. This is the the Thanksgiving season, amen? And it's not about food. I know. We'll bind that food devil up right now in the name of Jesus, even though it's a blessing to eat, amen? But this is the time of Thanksgiving, saints, and, and I just want to remind you that it's nice that we have seasons to remind us of how we need to be living all the time. You know, like Christmas, you know, Donald has a song, Every Day is Christmas. I love that song, and it's, it's an old song, but I love for him to sing it, but I'm telling you, every day is Christmas for a Christian because we experience the gift that keeps giving in Christ Jesus, so we shouldn't just wait for Christmas to give gifts, and that's the gift of love, okay? That's one. Now, Thanksgiving comes around to remind us to be thankful of what we have, and one of the problems that we have as a church and just as a people, as a nation uh, here in the United States is, is that we're not grateful people. We are not a grateful people. Our biggest problem is, is that we're so busy at looking at what we don't have or what we lost instead of giving thanks for what we do have or experienced. You know, there's so many times, you know, people get in this big, deep depression because they had a breakup in their life and they were probably in love and had a good time and somebody done fell and bumped their head and did something stupid. I don't know what the situation is, why it ended, and we get, we get in this depression because we're sad for what we don't have anymore. Instead of looking at it in a different perspective, we look at it as, you know what? I'm sad that they're gone, but I give God some praise that I experienced love on this side of earth. I, I, that's what we have to look at. It's a perspective. You know, the Bible says, I believe it's in 1 Thessalonians, it tells us, give thanks in all things. It says, give thanks in all things. Now, I'm not, no, no, I'm not thankful so much that I got a heart problem, but I'm thankful why I'm in the situation. Why am I thankful in the situation? Because one, I'm still in the land of the living. Yeah, I got to deal with a whole lot of problems. You guys don't know the half. Try to talk to my wife. She, she could tell you a little bit, but you still don't know. But I still give God thanks because I'm here. I could be on the other side, not sharing the love of God with people here. Now, I, sometimes I feel like Paul is like, I'd rather go on and be with the Lord, but it's better for you that I stay here. But I want to watch my kids grow. I want to see more grandchildren, but I still give thanks. See, we got to give God thanks when it's good and when it's bad. Amen. And that's what Thanksgiving is all about. It is not a day, it is a lifestyle for Christians. So in all things, we need to give thanks. The reason why we can't give thanks, you know, we, we sit down and, and it's hard for us to give thanks is because I want, I'm looking at what I lost. And when I look at what I lost, okay, I could lose one thing. One thing, I could lose one thing. And I'm going to forget about the 20 things that I do have. Because we take for granted the things that we have. We get too familiar with stuff that we have. And familiarity breeds contempt. 
See, we have to make ourselves have a mind of thankfulness. I remember one time in our uh, old church that we were at, I used to make fun of this dude, man, and the Lord just, the Lord chastised me. This guy used to sit in the back. Some of you guys gonna remember that was at church with me. He'd be like, Jesus, <laughs> thank you for the refrigerator. I thank you for electricity. I thank you for my sink. I, I thank you for the shoes that I have. And I'm like, I, I mean, do you have to tell him, you have to tell Jesus thank you for everything? And I didn't realize that he was literally thankful for every little thing that God had allowed him to have and experience. And if all of us had that kind of attitude, we would be just like David. For the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That's not even my message today. That's a nugget. That's the nugget. That's like, you know, the, what do they give you before you eat? An appetizer. Okay? It's an appetizer before the meal. So what I'm about to give you is a filet mignon. Okay? Small, but delicious. Okay? So, lo siento, pero hoy no voy a enseñar en español. Lo sé. He estado muy ocupado esta semana con la fase 2 y con Pastora Gaia. No he tenido tiempo de estudiar mi segundo idioma. Por favor, Me. If you guys didn't understand me, don't worry about it. Everybody that speaks Spanish understood. Amen. Está bien. Gracias. Turn your Bibles with me to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. If you don't have your Bibles, you can look on the Sky Bible up here. So funny. We coined the phrase Sky Bible. Everybody's going to use it now. So, and I'll read Genesis chapter 2, starting at verse 18 and finishing at 20. And it reads, and the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. Not one man said amen. Especially married men should have been, yes, preach, pastor. I'll try it again. And the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all the cattle and all the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found any help meet for him. Now, I, let me just, this, 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 when I read the scripture, if I really look at it, God himself said, it's not good for man to be alone. I will make him a help meet. So wouldn't you think if God says, I'm going to make him a help meet, then he would just make him a help meet. Here you go. But what it says in the very next scripture in, 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 in verse 19, it says, after he says, I'm going to make a help meet for him because it's not good for him to be alone, 
God goes, out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air. And he brought them to Adam to, so Adam could see what he would call them. So that kind of makes me think. I'm like, God, you said you was going to make him a helpmate. Why wouldn't you just give him a helpmate? Now I'm perplexed. You said there's something he needed. Why wouldn't you just give him what he needed in the first place? Amen. So keep that thought on your mind. Okay. Now let me catch you up with the text. God created man on the sixth day. But before God created man, he had already preordained and predestined his appointed place where he could produce. That's why God said, be fruitful and multiply. As a side note, God will never put you in a place that he hasn't already provided you the tools to prosper. I need you guys to hear me today. There's, there's places that God has you at right now, and you're trying to figure out what I need to get to get my job done. But God will never send you in a place where he hasn't already provided for you. As you notice, God created the heavens and the earth and all the earth, and he put everything in it, and then he put man in there. So he had food to eat. He had shelter. He had everything he needed before he even got there. So God created the heavens and the earth. He separated the firmament from above and beneath. He moved across the face of the earth. He caused land to be separate from the waters. After the stage was set, God created Adam from the dust of the ground. He sets him and employs him right in the middle of the Garden of Eden. And as we all know, Eden means paradise. Paradise is a place where God dwells. Not visits, but a place where he dwells, where he lives. Now in Eden, there was everything Adam needed to survive. He had fruits, plants. He had nuts and berries. And I, right now, I know some of you um, vegans in here are like, yeah. Everything he, he needed. There was no labor in Eden. He walked with God during the cool of the day. Could you imagine just being able to walk and talk with God the same way you walk and talk with your friends? But yet, there was still something missing. It was almost perfect. There, he was missing something. Adam had this nagging feeling. He was missing something. Now, when you're in this kind of situation, you don't want to complain. Amen. You're in paradise. You got everything you need. Why complain? Adam had it made. He didn't have to work. He had food. He had the ease of access with God. He walked with God. He had fellowship with God on a daily basis. But yet there was still this empty, nagging feeling deep down on the inside that there has to be more than this. Adam was living in a place called almost. Have you guys ever been in a place where things were good you don't want to complain because things are really good. You got your life, your health, your family, your relationships with God. Everything's going good. But there's something on the inside of you that is wanting something more. You always have this nagging feeling. It's like you could be in the best place of your life, but like there's got to be more. 
You don't know what it is, and you don't know how to describe it. You can't articulate it. It's just that you know there's something more that God has for you in this place. Whatever place God has you at, everything could be good, but you go, there's something more for me. You're almost satisfied. Now, I know this message isn't going to be for every, anybody, it, but it is for somebody. Now, I need to know, is there somebody in here, just one person in here that has that feeling right now that, that there's something that I feel, there's something on the inside of me that there's got to be more to what I'm, I'm getting right now in life? Is there anybody in here like that? Somebody ask your neighbor, is there something missing? Yeah, you ain't got to answer them, but I know there's something that you can't explain it. It's hard to put your finger on it. And even if you would have asked Adam what was wrong, he couldn't tell you what was wrong because he's never experienced what he's looking for. He's never experienced it. He's never experienced a quenching of, of this kind of thirst. He, he knows that somewhere there's something he wants, but he never had this feeling ever in his life. The Bible says that God formed Adam from the dust of the ground and brought every animal that was created in front of Adam so he could name it. But before God showed him one animal, God knew not one of the animals are going to fit Adam's need. Come on, God. It's, it's, it's like this. It's like you need a car. No, put it this way. You need transportation. Amen. God says, you know what? It's not good for man to walk to work. I'm going to make them transportation. So what God first does, he brings across your path some skates. Then a skateboard. Then a hoverboard. Then a scooter. Then a bicycle. Then a motorized bike. Then a moped. Then a motorcycle. Almost. Then he brings a car by, and you're like, ooh, that's even closer. Then a 300 Mercedes-Benz comes by. That's it. Right? You guys getting me now? God created a bunch of stuff to bring by Adam, knowing that that wasn't it. The skates weren't it. The scooter wasn't it. The monkey wasn't it. The donkey wasn't it. God already knows what you need before you even knew you needed it. Somebody look at your name and say, trust God. You know what's funny? Most of us right now get ourselves in a lot of trouble. Why? Because we think we know what we need. And it drives us crazy going from one need to the next need because our needs were really wants. If we just would have waited on God to reveal what we need, we wouldn't be in this crazy cycle. I hope y'all listening to me now. Because we get in vicious cycles because we're settling for what we think we need. God has what you need because my Bible tells me he will supply all your need according to his riches and glory which are in Christ Jesus. Amen. God said that I am going to give Adam something suitable for him. But before he did, he brought almost in front of him to be named. Yes, 
God will parade people, events, and situations in front of you so when you see it, you could say, that ain't it. I can see it. I can just see it now. God, God creating animals, bring, making animals out of dust and ground. And he says, okay, Adam, you know you need. It's not good for you to be alone, so I'm going to make a helpmate for you. So out of the dust of the ground, he brings God's camel. Adam goes, hmm, that's a camel. That ain't it. And then out of that, he brings across, and God brought a dog across me. He goes, hmm, dog, you can be my best friend, but that ain't it. Then he made a pig, hmm, bacon. <laughs> Love bacon. Pig, you ain't it. Then he brings a donkey. And I said, that's pretty nice. It helped me do some work if I ever had to do work, but that ain't it. Then God brings a monkey. And Adam goes, monkey. It's close, but that ain't it. No, that ain't it, God. See, God will allow you to be exposed to almost just to prepare you for what he has for you coming your way. Does anybody in this place feel like they're just right about for a breakthrough? breakthrough? Do you feel like right now, it's like, I'm just one step away just one step away for what God has for me. I'm not going to settle for what's in front of me right now. I know if I just wait, if I don't cast away my confidence, if I can just remember that God has done it for me before, that he's going to do it again, that I am going to get what God has promised me. I'm not going to settle for the monkey. It's close, but that ain't it. best part of this text is God hadn't shown Adam what he had for him yet, but he introduced him to some characters that Adam has to name them. There were some characters that God wanted to, wanted to show him so he could name them so that if they ever came by again before he got what he wanted, he would recognize what they are. See, it's good to give something a name so you could recognize it. Amen. So watch, watch, watch. You guys can help me out with this. If someone is a no good backbiting liar, what do you call them? A snake. Snake. If people are greedy, what do you call them? A pig. Come on, y'all. Say the trick question. If people are stubborn, what do you call them? There you go. If a man sleeps around with a bunch of women, what do you call them? A trashy dog. No dirty dog. See, we give names to things because by, by their behavior. Oh, I hate to jump ahead, but I have to say, you know, sometimes we get in relationships with people. We know what they are, and we, name, we never named them. We know what they are, but because we didn't give them a name, they have dominion over us instead of us having dominion over them. See, everything that I name, I have dominion over. Do you realize the reason why God didn't name the animals? Because God gave Adam his name. Because God wanted dominion over Adam. 
God said, I named, he says, here was light, and I call the light day in the, in, the, in the dark night because he has dominion over the earth. He has dominion over the night and the day. He has dominion over all the earth and everything. But he turned around and told man to have dominion over every creeping thing and every fowl in the air. So therefore, he said, since you will have dominion over it, I need you to name it. So that's why he brought animals in front of him to allow him to name that animal so that he would have dominion over it. I'm just, by the way, I'm not, I'm not trying to be sexist. Who named Eve? Adam. It's another preaching message right there. I'm just going to leave y'all hanging. That's a cliffhanger right there. You're like, oh, Pastor, wait, where you going with that one? Woo! That's like the dude coming at the restaurant, coming by with a little menu saying, I, today we have on the plate, it is, it is, is, is a fine dessert here. It is only $300 per serving. You're like, I'll get that next time. <laughs> that was my French. My French accent. We? We? No? No? You like it? Huh, huh, huh. Anyway, let me get back. I've been missing my wife. I miss my wife. Anyway, Adam named each animal after their characteristics, one after another. Every species paraded by him, and at the end of the day, when he was all done, not one of them was suitable for him. And, and, and I mean, just, just, just me and my pastor's mind, I'm like, God, that's awful. You know he wants some. But you keep passing. See, do you realize that we all have needs and we'll settle for what we want instead of what we need? And when you settle for what you want, you end up not content. And when you get what you want and you have what you want, eventually your want turns in I don't want. <laughs> like, man, what was I thinking? Why did I take this job? Why did I get in this relationship? Hmm. And then eventually you're like, I don't want. But because I spent so much time and effort in what I wanted, I have such a hard time breaking away from that which I wanted and I won't receive that which I need. Saints of God, there's one thing I'm learning with this build next door. Sometimes it's just good to go, you know what, I invested a lot in it, but I ain't investing anymore in it. I'm sorry, I'll take the L for now. And I'm going to go on with the W over here later. I'm just going to take the L. Some of us in here need to learn how to take an L. You know what that means? A loss. It's a part of life. You win some and you lose some. Sometimes you invest everything and you got to lose everything before you gain anything. Ask Donald Trump. You guys didn't get bankrupt. He's bankrupt like six, seven times. Anyway. Gosh, come on, guys. Hold on. Yeah, they were like, no, you didn't talk about that. Anyway. I don't know if Adam even complained, but you guys, have you ever been in a place that you realize God has been so good to you? You don't even want to nitpick, moan, or murmur about it. 
You're like, man, everything is good. I dare not complain. Because you know the Bible, what God did with complaining people. You guys don't know. You guys go look at Exodus. The people that complain, God opened up the ground and they got swallowed up. I'm like, Lord, I don't want to complain. I got it good. Praise God. I'm uh, Bless you, Lord. Whatever you do, don't open up the ground. I live in California where the ground shakes. I, I ain't trying to get swallowed up. So I'm just not going to complain. Even though I won't complain in my mouth, somewhere in my heart, I know there's got to be more. Everything's good, God, but I don't want to be a complainer. I, I want to praise and thank you about what I have, but I'm still in need of something. I'm almost satisfied. Praise God, saints. I remember when God gave us our first building. Man, it was about 900 square feet, about the size of some of y'all's living room. Now, mind you, I praise God for it, but you know what? Everything was good. We were small, but we only had one bathroom. We're doing good. I dare not complain because the way how we got the building was all God, and we, we didn't have to run any credit reports because at the time, you know, the way things happened, the way my bank account was set up back then, things weren't too good. But God gave me favor to get the building, and then things were growing. We weren't even doing any outreach, and we were growing, but we had one bathroom. Let me remind you, it takes one person to ruin the bathroom for 40 people. One person. Okay? Drink too much coffee, whatever it is, it just, yeah, okay. Use your imagination. But then, watch this. Then God turns around and blesses us. We grow. He releases us from that building. We go to another building, 3,000 square feet, from 900 square feet to 3,000 square feet. We're having services of 100 people in a service. Things are going good. God is moving. People are getting set free. The presence of God is in the place. He's adding to the church daily. But we still only had one bathroom. Papa, you remember it? You guys remember one bathroom. Need I remind you again, it takes one person to ruin the bathroom for 100 people. Can you imagine 10 people having to use the bathroom? And they were. I mean, you come out line, there's a line of, and I thought people were outside praise dancing. I was like, oh, they're doing the bathroom dance. I didn't want to complain. It was almost a perfect situation. And then God blessed us, and he gave us 6,000 square feet because we're growing. Praise God. And then all of a sudden, now we're having services with 300 and 200 people, and we got three bathrooms. Yeah. But it only takes three people to ruin the bathroom for 300 people. Amen. I don't want to complain. God's growing. There was things that was just perfect about this. God's moving. We're touching the community. As soon as you walk in, you're like right in the sanctuary. So when people walk in cracking jokes and telling everything and the preacher's trying to preach, they forget. And they're like, ah, what would you do last night? Good to see you. I just added that in there for you guys. But I don't want to complain because we're almost in a perfect situation. But everything's good. God's blessing. He's moving. As you guys know, God has seen fit to add a full bathroom on our face, too. With multiple stalls in each bathroom. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, with fans. 
Hallelujah. You can feel the, the wind of the Holy Ghost flowing, cleaning the air. Saints of God, listen, Adam was in an interesting situation. He had a problem in paradise. There was something missing. And listen, as baptized believers, we all aren't taught to deal with this kind of situation. You can't rebuke it. You can't pray it off of you. You can't slap oil all over you for it to leave. I know you want it to go away, but at the end of the day, you will still have this gnawing feeling that there's something more than this. Looking back at our text, God had Adam name every animal that God brought in front of him because God wants you to name everything that doesn't work for you. If you don't put a name to all the things people, situations, drugs, and circumstances that didn't work before, you are bound to keep repeating the same mistake over and over and over again because you didn't name it. You're in a relationship that doesn't work. Name that relationship. Name that person. Dog. Trash dog. Saints of God, you need to learn how to say, no, this is not for me. I've been down this road before, and I'm not going down it again. I refuse to settle for that which doesn't work for me. I'm not going to try and force it or change it. I refuse to live beneath the standard that God has for me. That's what we got to say. Adam sat down and looked at each thing and named it and said, that's not it. I've never seen what God has for me. I've never even been introduced to what God has for me. But there's one thing I do know. This ain't it. How are you going to know what God has for you when you don't even know what's not from God for you? If you can't recognize that what's not for you, you're going to settle. God is the one that brings that which does not work in front of you so that you can Figure it out. Listen, saints, it's one thing to be thankful for a job. But it's another thing to say this ain't it. Some of us in here that are in jobs and, and you're just satisfied because you're making the most money you've ever made. You, you probably been broke a long time. You're like, man, I'm just happy to have this job. I've never made $17 an hour. Man, this is good money. Well, God didn't put you in that place just to make $17 an hour. God probably put somewhere in your spirit because you're, you're working and you're happy. And you're going, man, but there's more than this. They, you know what that more is? God says, I don't want you just working at that place. I want you owning that place. But you're not going to own it while you're sitting there working and you settle. See, I can tell when people settle because they don't excel. You know what excel means? While you're at that job making $17 an hour, while you're at that job making bare minimum, you need to be the best worker. You do everything as unto the Lord. You go ahead and find out about what goes on, how the things work at that job. You teach yourself. You're there on time. You don't leave late. You don't despise where you work. And you work really hard and get an education while you're working. So then all of a sudden, you know what pops up? Man, we got a job for a manager. Well, I've only been working there two years. Yeah, but the guy that's been working here six years, he's got plenty of experience. But you're the only one that has the degree. So we're going to, and you've, you've been working really hard. So we're going to elevate you. And everybody's going to hate on you. 
but God put you there. Let them hate God for it. And then one day, next thing you know, somebody said, you know what? We're looking at opening up a franchise over here in Susun, and we want you to be the head of that franchise. Are you interested in owning a franchise? Now you become an owner. But if you would have settled for the donkey, being a work mule, you would have never owned that building. Come on, somebody. Speaking to somebody. The dilemma we have is when we blame others for our almost. It wasn't the pig's fault that he wasn't it. It wasn't the dog's fault that he wasn't it. It was your fault because you didn't recognize the dog and the pig and the snake in the first place, and, and you settled for the dog, the pig, or the mule. You're the one that settled because we lose patience. Can you imagine how long it took? See, we read that text, and we think all that happened in a day. But this is the Garden of Eden where time took no place. It had no place in it was, it was outside of Kronos. It was outside of time, the paradise. There was no aging. There was no death. So we think that it was just a moment in time that every animal that was ever made passed by Adam. I can wonder, as the Bible says, that a day unto the Lord is like a thousand years. So it could have been a thousand years that he sat down and did all this. And, and within, after a hundred years, I'm telling you guys right now, after two weeks, y'all get tired. I've heard people like, you've been looking for a job. Man, I've been looking for a job everywhere. How long have you been looking? I looked all yesterday. <laughs> You're in need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you will receive the promise. As I close, God has something better for you than where you're at right now. Can I get an amen? God doesn't want you to settle for the pig. He doesn't want you to settle for the dog. He doesn't want you to settle in almost. What you thought was missing was going to be paraded in front of you. While you were looking outside the box, God said to Adam, there is no comparable thing found to help him. While you're looking on the outside, while you're looking at everything out here, there's got to be something out there that's going to satisfy me. There's got to be something out there that's going to satisfy this need, this feeling that I have. What Adam was missing was always inside of him. It was already in him but he was looking outside to feel something on the inside when really all he needed what was, was inside of him already. The Bible states that God caused Adam to fall into a deep sleep. Then God reached into Adam and pulled out of Adam what Adam needed. That deep sleep is a symbol of peace and trust. See, you, when you're not at peace and you don't trust, you don't sleep. Let something be worrying you real bad. That means you're not at peace. Worry is the absence of peace. And as you're not at peace, you ain't sleeping. So if you can't sleep, if you're not at trusting God or trusting God in, in, in whatever situation it is, you're not getting any sleep. How can you sleep and say, I trust God and allow God to reach in you to pull something out of you? You have to trust God and lean not to your own understanding. And in all your ways, acknowledge him. And then he will direct your path. So as he caused Adam to fall into this deep sleep, he reached into him and pulled out of Adam that thing that he was missing. When we aren't 
at a place where we begin to resist God or when we are at a place that we begin to resist God, we start looking for outward things to fulfill an inward need. That's why people become drug addicts. That's why people become codependent. Because people are like, they can't even be alone. Why can't you be alone? It's because you're looking, what you're looking for through people, God says, I got something on the inside of you. I'm talking to Christians. There's something on the inside of you that you need more of, and I'm trying to pull that out of you. When we aren't at peace, we begin to resist God, and we start looking, once again, for outward stuff. In the past nine years, the Building Christian Fellowship has been in many almost situations. But we learn to rest and trust in him. Saying to God, I'm talking about living in a place called almost. Not just personally, but also corporately as a church. As you guys turn and see the little thermometer back there, God has given us a vision. We got less than 30 days to reach that, and we're not even halfway there. I don't want to be that church that almost made it. I don't want to be that church that almost did it. But so many of us in here are like, I want to give. I almost gave, but I had these situations that I kept me from giving what I wanted to give. Almost. This city doesn't need this church in a, in a place called almost. What God's trying to do is reach down into you. He's trying to give you peace. We sang this song earlier. It's not, they didn't know what I was preaching about. So many of us in here, many of us in here have what it takes in them right now to help us reach that goal. Because there's people's lives depending on it. There's so many people out there in almost. They were almost saved. They were almost helped. But we couldn't help them because we're in the same place they are. Almost. Personally, through these last few weeks, I've been stressed out over things getting done. The Lord spoke to me Tuesday night, and I shared it with the prayer team. And he said what I just told you earlier. He said, trust in the Lord and lean not to your own understanding. And in all your ways, acknowledge him, and then he will direct your path. I'm going to trust in God because you know what I'm going to start doing? I'm going to start getting some sleep. Because there's some things. This, and I'm not just talking about me. I'm talking about this church is going to rest. And, and what I mean by rest, that means by trusting in God. Because God's going to reach into this church. I'm not trying to get help from the city. I want him to reach into this church. Because I don't want anybody else to get the glory about what God's going to do in the Building Christian Fellowship. I'm just, I'm not trying to be prideful. I'm not trying to have a big head about it. I just know that my God, if he's done it before, he could do it again, and he does the impossible. I am waiting. It's going to take some sacrificing. It's going to take some giving. I just want to share something about a person that is already out of a situation in a place called Almost, and I don't know where they're going now. They looked at me and said, Pastor, my wife and I have fulfilled our pledge. I said, well, praise God. And he says, but I have a question for you. Is it okay if we continue giving towards our pledge? I was like, 
yes. And I'm looking at this person, I'm like, I know there's things that he might need or that he might want, but he's placing God's house above his person. Doesn't it kind of sound like if any man should come after me, let him deny himself first, pick up his cross and follow me daily? So, saints of God, I'm telling you right now, if you don't know what the vision is, you can go online on Facebook and find out more about it. We are not trying to make a bigger building here. We are trying to make a bigger footprint for the city of Susun. We want to be a lighthouse on a hill that projects the light of Christ into Susun City. We want to go out and touch people's lives and change their destiny. Not a church in Susun City, but a church for Susun City. Amen? Amen. God desires to put the helper in you. And who is the helper? It's the Holy Spirit. It's the power of God. It's God himself in you. And that nagging feeling, I don't care where you are at spiritually, you could be a spiritual giant. God has put that feeling in you so that he can have more and more of him being pulled out of you. But you got to be at peace and trust him so that he can reach into you and pull more of himself out of you so that you can become more like Christ. But first you have to have the helper in you. God wants you saved more than anything else. He wants to live in you and dwell in you, that you will become the church and you will get out of this place called almost. Amen? Amen. Stand to you. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.